into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Home of the playground of the stars. Welcome back. Best Coast Boys Podcast 40 Burger Woo! Edition. I am Landon McCool. Uh, you can find me here on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. You can also find me on the Locked On Cowboys Podcast with, with I'm sure, to be a very happy slash sad Marcus Mosier. You never know with that guy. Uh, after a win, he could either be thrilled or upset. I, I'm not sure. The, the Steelers won in spectacular fashion last minute, so he's probably even further enraged slash happy so i don't i don't really know what, what's going on john say what's up to the people how's it going everybody you know where to find me on twitter at john owning i'm going to be uploading a ton of uh useful gifts and analysis over the next two days as the film comes out both the tv tape and the all 22 make sure you guys follow me for that and then uh make sure you guys look at my work at the dallas morning news and the score i'm working on my three things we learned right now for the dallas morning news so make sure you guys read that when this podcast drops it's fun. It's sunshine and rainbows. Let's roll. Yeah, basically, uh, as we do in most of our post-game shows, we only have one thing to talk about, and that is the game. And it's a glorious one to talk about. As I mentioned, Cowboys win 40-7. to uh, This, to me, again, when we talked about the offense all in the offseason, this is the kind of game that was supposed to, you know, this would be a template for how this offense is supposed to run. You know, I think when you look at the amount of times that Dak carried the ball, the amount of times that uh, they used the zone read and the RPOs to their advantage, uh, Dak was, you know, efficient in the air and able to get what he needed through the air in order to continue the moving the ball down the field, uh, including two touchdown passes. And really, it would have had a third one. And, well, he had a, a rushing one as well, but he was 17 of 27 for 183 yards, passing two touchdowns, uh, and then 11 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown. Um, to me, this was by far, uh, you know, last week was kind of, uh, or the week before had kind of been, Ze- you know, Zeke's game, Zeke's coming out game. And this, to me, felt like uh, this was Dak's kind of coming out game. So uh, let's start there, John. What were your thoughts on the way Dak Prescott played as a whole? And, 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 and also a comment, let's talk about the way that he was used and how he was deployed. Yeah, you know, this is, I think, the ideal way that I think we've been talking about for the last few weeks of how the Cowboys offense would run in an ideal world. You know, using Dak Prescott as a running back, not as a running back, but as a runner on zone reads. He was the thing that really stood out most to me beyond everything was his uh, ability to manage the pocket. I feel like he was managing the pocket much better today. He wasn't retreating to pressure like he has been in the recent weeks so evidently, and it was really ruining a lot of the Cowboys' uh, efficiency on offense. But today he was doing a good job. He was exiting out of his exit, exiting out of the pocket in the right areas. He wasn't retreating. He was keeping his eyes downfield, and then he was making the defense pay when there was no receivers open down the field with his legs. You know, it was, it was just a, it was a great performance for him all around. It was probably the most accurate that I've seen him with bodies around him. And at least since his, probably his rookie year, you know, he was really effective no matter if he had a clean pocket or even when he was under pressure, he made all the right decisions. I only saw maybe that overthrow to Tavon and maybe one or two other passes that were really big misses from him. Everything else was on point, on target. He was making the correct reads. It seemed like on the TV tape, of course, we'll see when the All-22 comes out. But he was making good reads, 
smart decisions. He was accurate with the ball. He was effective with his feet. It was just everything you want from Dak Prescott. Stepping up into the pocket, you know, yes. that was, I mean, that was really the most noticeable thing, stepping up into the pocket when it was there and then delivering the ball down the field. I mean, I think that was a, a big step, at least in the, you know, inside the po- pocket passing game. Now, uh, I think what we saw was they were having to, I mean, I think they wanted to play a lot of zone, but I also think that they were forcing themselves into a lot of zone because of what Dak was doing with his feet and because of the, the Cowboys running game. Uh, they, they, they kind of, and Dak was throwing balls down the field in man coverage. So they, I think kind of abandoned that to a certain degree, especially when they realized uh, that Beasley was going to be toasting them in, in man coverage as well inside whenever they try to put Patman on them. So, uh Let's let's talk about Ezekiel Elliott. Twenty-four carries, one hundred six yards, uh, and a touchdown. Um, very efficient. I think you know was able to um, do what he needed to do to continue the drives, grind them out. He was getting chunk plays at times, um, but this is a tough defense. I mean, yeah. you know, and they they. I mean, obviously, hey, we talked about one of the one of the number one even, defense in the league. And jumping off of that, like the, the the job that the offensive line did against this Jaguars front that is. With the them or the Eagles are the probably the two best defensive fronts in football, and this offensive line yeah. finally, finally played to the level that we wanted to, to play against a high caliber of competition. You know, coming into yeah. the season every year with the money that you allocate to this offensive line, you want it to you don't want it to be able to beat the New York Giants of the world. You don't want them to be able to beat up on them. You want them to be able to beat up on the Jaguars of the world, the Eagles of the world, and that's what they did today. They really controlled the line of scrimmage. They were effect. They were really good in pass protection the entire night. They were. It wasn't their best night running the ball, as you could tell that Ezekiel Elliott was kind of having a little bit trouble getting going. But they weren't letting the Jaguars, you know, put them behind. There wasn't big losses constantly. There wasn't um, miscommunications. All that thing. All those types of things that really have ruined their effectiveness through the first five weeks. They still ran for over two hundred yeah. yards. You know, I mean, even though Zeke, even though Zeke only had a uh, hundred and six, which I mean, only hundred and six. I mean, you know, Dak had another eighty-two yeah. yards, and then we, you know, you add in, you know, Tavon and and Rod Smith, they they eclipsed two hundred yards. So the offensive line as a whole against a very good defensive front was able to get blow open holes, get movement going, and and beyond that too. Look, look at some of the other metrics in which you measure, you know, how an offensive line played on the on the the sh- uh, third and shorts, the fourth and shorts that they had this league. They they were going for them and they were getting them, and I think you know, lost in the whole conversation of. Oh, this week Jason Garrett went for it in fourth and one, which you you know you're right he did. But at the same time, the other difference was that he was making the third and ones previously yeah. to give him the confidence to go That's for it the on thing fourth about and one. Jason Garrett, it's all about confidence, you know. If he yes. he has to see it to believe it, kind of thing. Yeah, and he 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 really believes in the you know the the kind of game by game yeah. flow and and knowing what your team is and and you know sometimes it. It bites you, and sometimes it, it's it's the it's it's how you know what your team is capable of, and, and playing within yourself is some is a good thing at times, and you know it feels like the offense in this game just played without itself. I think another thing we need to bring up um, about the offense before we we hop over and, and talk about the defense, um, we we need to talk about uh, Cole Beasley. Ooh. I feel like Cole Beasley came out with eleven targets, converting nine of them Toast for one hundred and one yards and two touchdowns. This is like training camp twenty sixteen all over again. Oh my god! It's exa- exactly what I flash back to, and it's so funny because I I had forgotten that Patman was on was on the Jaguar. So I, when I went out there, I was like, "Dude, Beasley's been toasting this guy since they were in college together." Like, you know what I'm saying? You know, like, really, so it was 
interesting to see kind of how stubborn the Jaguars defense was that they didn't give him much help. You know, they weren't bracketing Beasley at all. They weren't giving him help from the inside or from the linebackers, you know, uh, cutting underneath using like a rat in the hole type of thing. They were kind of content with just being like Tyler Patman. Let's let's see what you got. I mean, they put Jalen Ramsey in the slot on a handful of snaps, but it wasn't enough that it really made a dent into what Beasley was able to do on the day. So yeah. he just really he oh Tyler Patman's gonna have he nightmares, them up. man. He's gonna have nightmares. Well, and I also think they were doing a lot more to try to get him the ball. Mm-hmm. It felt like, I mean, even beyond, uh, you know, well, and those two things maybe aren't In mutually key exclusive. Situations you know, too third down, yeah, really key, yeah. Zone. They clearly game planned for the, that matchup that they liked, and and that that you know that obviously helped out a lot. Um, you know, I think that. We uh, we saw Michael Gallup get thrown two balls that he caught, one of which he was a- unable to get the so second close. foot down. But still, what a catch, oh, man. man! That was oh, really man. what. That's the and Michael then, Gallup that... we saw at Colorado State. Yeah, because that would have been a touchdown in a training college. camp. That's the guy we wanted. Yeah, and it's good to see you, you could see the the confidence starting to grow with him. You know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And th- and that was the thing you know, to make that first catch, t- that twenty seven yard catch. Over AJ Bouye and and on the sideline like that, that I mean that was an all hands catch. Didn't double clutch it like he has been previously, and just like the other the one he didn't get his foot down. I mean he didn't. That wasn't like a situation where he snatched it to try to recatch it on the way down or anything. He had complete control of the ball. It was just about getting that other yeah, foot, his own foot down. Had gotten in the way of his other foot. Yep. But still, uh, that 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 is very encouraging to see uh, another target to Rico, which produced a big play, uh, big play, which was nice as well. I I thought overall that the uh, the you know outside of really Alan Hearns, who was zero for five in targets, everyone else was extremely efficient when the, when the ball came their way. Uh, they were able to convert it for sometimes for little gains, but sometimes for big gains. And I thought that you know taking advantage of the opportunities was really the key thing for these pass receivers, uh, and and that's more of what they got. You know, basically converting twenty six targets into seventeen total catches, which is not the worst. You know, I mean that's that's what you need in an offense that's going to basically help mostly provide in the run game. You need to be just efficient and take advantage of your opportunities. Yeah, totally agree on every single point. Anything on the offense uh, before we flop? Anything else on the offense before we flop over? Uh, I mean, besides the fact that it's just fantastic. I really wanted to point out was the play of Lyle Collins. I thought he was phenomenal today. His ability to beat the defensive end to a spot and really explode out of his stance so he has a beat on the rushers, it was just uncanny all day. Either way... No matter who it was, whether it was Yannick Ngakwe or Dante Fowler, he was just putting them in a in a harness all game. And and beating them up. Like that was the other thing too oh. about it. It's not just like beating them, but like throwing them to the ground, mm-hmm. like, you know, finishing, finishing yes. hard. I, like I and so it's but, right in front of me right now of Lyle Collins destroying uh Dante Fowler. Just eating, yeah, and just 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 taking the will out of out of them to play, and I think that is important stuff when you talk about this offense. The thing is, is that when Lyle Collins, when he causes those stalemates where they're both chest to chest, standing kind of straight up, he's such a fucking strong dude that he can just create that rotational torque and power to just throw dudes on the ground. It's so it's so fucking fun, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, let's talk about some defense. Defense obviously had a fantastic game as well. I feel like um, they were way 
more low-key, though. Until the second half where they got some big plays, they were just playing fundamentally basic good defense, you know? They didn't have to do yeah. much. You know, that was the thing. They were put into good positions, and they didn't try to overthink it and didn't need to overthink right. it. And then once the time came to put the game away, they come up with back-to-back turnovers. I mean, and then I think... The Cowboys won the time of possession battle 38 minutes and 50 seconds to 21 minutes and 10 seconds. When your defense only has to play 21 minutes and 10 seconds you're probably going to win most games and your defense is probably going to play effectively. So I think, you know, really the, the highlight over here is again, fantastic. Uh, I mean, I think it fantastic linebacker play is, is worth noting as well. Jalen Smith had a really great game late in Vanderich. They combined for 13 yeah. tackles. Vanderich showing off a little bit in coverage too, something he hasn't been able to show a lot of. He was doing well in man-to-man coverage against tight ends even. And then all week, and before that, we have been talking about the need for somebody else outside of of Demarcus Lawrence to show up and to you know provide pressure. And and this week was the week we finally got it. And it wasn't just coincidence that it it timed up with the return of David Irving, who in his first in his first two snaps, first snap causes a, a pressure on third down. It gets a QB hit, cor- forcing Bortles to throw the ball away. And then on the fourth down play, basically came, got through the gap so quickly on the punt that they had to tackle him, and they called a penalty on def- uh, holding on the play as well. So beyond that, he finished the day, um, two tackles, a tackle for loss, a QB hit. Uh, and then we got to mention Randy Gregory as well, who had three tackles, a sack, and a, two two total tackle for losses. Uh, and then Malik Collins, who also came back, had a sack. Those three guys upping their game to a level that, uh, you know, first of all, being healthy and on the field. Second of all, upping their game back, back to where we need it, especially those interior guys. That is a huge lift in what this defense needs if it's going to continue to ascend to the level it needs to. Uh, so talk about those guys and uh, you know some of the other guys who played well. Because also you mentioned Ty- you got mentioned Tyron Crawford who ended up getting a half sack. Antoine Woods shared a half sack with him. Talk about the, those rushmen and overall what your thoughts were from the broadcast. Yeah, it was great to see Randy Gregory finally get home on a sack because the last few weeks, especially, he's been getting close a lot and the times that he's gotten quick pressure it just so happens to be on a quick passing concept for the offense you know but today he kind of he kind of uh took advantage of uh demarcus lawrence bailing the mccorden forcing the quarterback to step up in the pocket but with all the other sacks that uh gregory was close to i'll just take the sack and just call it even and then out <laughs> outside of him demarcus lawrence he he actually he he only uh finished the game with one combined tackle and, but he played a limited snaps. So he's getting over some injuries right now. But he looked kind of effective as a pass rusher. He was still making plays. He was still generating pressure. He wasn't getting the sacks and the QB hits that he necessarily gets a lot of when he's healthy and playing well. But I still thought that he was effective, more effective than what the bot score says. And then outside of then, you already touched on David Irving and the rest of the guys. One other guy that I want to mention is... How about that man's Byron Jones once again? Mm-hmm. How about that man's Byron yes. Jones? Huh? Yes. I mean, I, I, I all day when they were showing pictures of Jalen Ramsey, I was just thinking, man, this is what, what it looks like when you find oh, out that you're not oh, the best cornerback oh, in football. I got a great tweet, you man. You got to do the Jalen Ramsey upgrade button. Byron Jones. Oh yeah, yes, yes. So I, I, I yeah, Byron Jones played a fantastic game. Um, I thought the corners and the safeties overall, I mean, played a pretty decent game and it wasn't exactly, 
you know, the same challenge that they had last week. Um, but they were able to, again, you know, they came up with Heath got the deflection pretty simply. Um, but again, make, you have to make the play that's there, you know, and, and, and they made that play. And then Jordan Lewis with the heads up play on the forced fumble by Jalen Smith, um, to slide and get that, gather that ball up and recover the fumble. Um, you know, those are the two plays that kind of, you know, finish that game, finish, put the game out of reach for Jacksonville, really. Uh, and then I think, you know, it was uh, basically a mismatch from there. J- Jacksonville just didn't have the the, the receiving talent uh, to kind of, you know, score that amount of points in that little time. It, it played right into the Dallas defensive hands. But yes, I, I agree. Byron Jones, just fantastic play, a couple different fantastic plays. Every time the ball got close to him, he made a play on it. Uh, he wasn't allowing anything near him. Um, you know, we are now in week six, uh, and I think it's I think it's pretty safe to say that that he needs some consideration for the uh, Pro Bowl and obviously the All Pro team as well because he has played oh, oh, just absolutely right now, absolutely lights out. Right now, he's first team All Pro. He should be a unanimous first team All Pro. He's been yeah, he's I, been I, he's I been fantastic. I mean, I I did a deep dive on. Friday, looking at the numbers from the other top cornerbacks in the league and watching some of their film, these guys aren't, they're not doing it on a consistent snap-to-snap basis that Byron Jones is doing it right now. It's, he's playing at such a high level, I don't think the Cowboys fans really understand what he's doing right now. It's real, it's so impressive. It's so impressive. He- he finished the game with with three pass deflections, uh, and then late Van Der Esch, uh, who again played just well beyond his years at linebacker, also had a pass deflection. We're going to have Heath to talk one. about what the Cowboys are going to do when Sean Lee returns. We should do that on when, with our Wednesday or Thursday stuff this week because that is interesting. Yeah, that would be. It's a, it's an interesting topic because I mean the the truth of the matter is is that Van Der Esch has played at a level that it's almost to the point now where. I don't care who it is. Do you want to take this kid off the field? Like, I mean, you know, I mean, how much do you want to take these guys, Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Der Esch, off the field? Because they are just playing lights out right now. And um, I agree. And this defense, I feel like, it, and just to kind of sum up at this point, um, you know, obviously this is a back against their wall, back against the wall kind of game for the Cowboys. Uh, but they obviously did, you know, that doesn't mean that they are going to come out and put a forty to seven type, you know, win against yeah. a very good Jacksonville team. Um, to me, I you know it's hard again to trust what's going on, but to me, I'm hoping that what this is is the offense kind of finally fitting itself together and figuring out you know the propor- the proportions of things correctly. We'll see. I think we got to figure out exactly what the deal is with Tavon Austin and how injured he is because I think he needs to continue to be a part of this offense as well. Um, and I and I still think that the Cowboys should consider you know maybe bringing in maybe an offensive weapon or or, or something because I I think one more piece might might do it. But I I think that when you look at the template when you talk when we talked all off season about what this offense could be with this collection of players I, I think this is the by far and you know obviously this is the closest to what everyone hoped for and envisioned that was possible with a dominant offensive line a quarterback who can do a lot of different things uh, and a and a running back who uh, is special just all on his own. Um, and then a collection of guys on the outside that, that that can you know piece together a game. I think Cole Beasley obviously w- played the role of the number one wide receiver this game. But 
overall a fantastic team effort. Uh, any other thoughts? Before yeah, I have a question for you. One question before you leave. Seeing what you saw today, how would how do you feel about the Cowboys potentially trading for a wide receiver before the deadline? You know, I'm not saying I it has to be Amari Cooper, even though he's on the trading block, and I know he's probably the apple of Cowboys Nation's eye right now. But even Amari a guy Cooper, like Devontae Parker from the Dolphins, who would be much cheaper. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the the issue I have is uh, I don't know pa- Parker's game as well mm-hmm. as Cooper. I, I, Cooper, I think it would be – I just think Cooper happens to be a very good fit. Yeah. Like, I, I think that, like, to me, that the reason I like that is because I feel like his skill set matches up very well with I, with what I think this team wants to do, if I'm not mistaken. I think he's a great – you know, he's a route runner. He's a, he's a guy who's, you know, could, he's – quick and fast uh you know he's not huge tall but he's solid you know that you can rely on him he can get him a lot of targets and you know he can he can he can handle that um you know parker i think obviously is a little bit less refined and i think you know so the question then becomes do you want are you willing to pay for that extra refinement because i think the difference is you know well then at what point Am I taking away from Gallup? I, I think Cooper to me is a guy that could come in here and help Gallup, whereas Parker is another development guy who's just on a slightly ahead of track you know, of Gallup. And now you're you've got kind of two developmental guys instead of a guy that's coming in to help you right away. If if you're gonna swing for the fences, swing for the fences. Go get a go go get you a guy who's gonna come in and help you right now as a as your you know, number one wide receiver, so to speak, or, or the, at least the guy that's getting the most targets. Uh, but, but don't like, I, I don't like, don't make another tepid move for an eighth wide receiver, you know, like mm-hmm. go get a guy who's a, a level above all the rest of these guys. If you're going to, what, what kind of what, compensation are you willing to give? What's the highest you want? You would be willing to give for say I'm an Amari Cooper. Hmm. Like a third round yeah. pick, like a second second round pick, maybe. Especially considering maybe a he's going round. into the final year of his contract, which is like a thirteen million dollar option. Yeah, especially with that. Yeah, I would say a third round pick then probably. Yeah. I'd be down with that one hundred percent because even even if you get him, that doesn't that's not going to prohibit you from saying Dak Prescott doesn't play well this year, and you you make him not your quarterback of the future. You still have the ability to take a quarterback at the top of the draft. You're not hindering your ability to do that. Yeah, I, you can't. I don't think you could take a first round mm-hmm. pick. I mean, I mean, I just you can't do yeah. that for. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that for almost any wide receiver, yeah. unless his name's but, Odell or Antonio Brown or Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but even then, I, I I don't know that I would still. I, but I, I, well, I may trading. <laughs> may, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Uh, I don't know. It, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. That's that's good fodder for another time, uh, guys. That's that's it for us. Uh, if, make sure you're following us on Twitter. I'm at McCoolBCB. He's at John Owning. The podcast account is at Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end. Special thanks as always to Mike Fisher. And make sure you guys follow him at Fish Sports and catch us as always on Cowboys Two Four Seven. That's Two Four Seven Sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. And as always, you can catch us on the Cowboys Sports Radio app. You can download it on your iOS, iPhone, or Google Play, Android. And make sure you leave five star reviews on the podcast app or on iTunes or, of course. John's open threads of violence. Uh, don't still be a hater. Don't be a hater. Still, don't be a hater. So, uh, until next time, guys. Happy trails, everybody. Yeah.